Welcome to the podcast, Your Rancher Radio. I'm JR. It's always good to have you. We always like to reflect on great truths that we call each time on these podcasts from the Arantia Revelation. I also always encourage folks to check out uh, my website, not because my website is any better than some of the other Urantia-related websites, but my website is actually more of a hub of an, a gateway to all of the other Urantia-related websites there are out there, and there are tons of organizations. Uh, there's Urantia Association International, there's the Foundations website, there's Truthbook, there's Urantiabook.org, which is a fantastic website set up by the Fellowship. So I encourage folks uh, who want to learn more or become more uh, part of the Urantia, the growing Urantia Book community, I encourage you always remember UrantiaRadio.net. We are streaming right now. I want to let people know we have two. We have the podcast, which is here, and then we also have our 24/7 streaming Urantia Radio streaming site. And uh, what we're doing right now, uh, we're doing an ongoing series where we play back uh, the third, the fourth part of the Urantia paper is the life and teachings of Jesus, and we're doing it in segments of 10 papers at a time. So for a week or so, we'll just continually run the 10, uh, first 10 papers on the life and teachings of Jesus, and then we'll move through the entire, all the way up to uh, the conclusion. And that'll be playing 24-7. So anytime you want to feel inspired and you just want to listen to the words of the Master, then I encourage you, urantiaradio.net, look for the streaming icon, and you'll be able to listen anytime, 24-7. Also, just a reminder before we get into the topic of this subject, uh, that you can always email us here at urantiabookradio at gmail.com. I always like hearing from you. I thank you so much. Your ability to take time out of your day to listen to these podcasts, uh, it means so much to me, and thank you. So the subject of today's podcast is we have to be hungry for the truth. Now, there is an argument to be made that the world may not be ready for this revelation, or for that matter, really, any revelation that might come from God. And, and the immediate task, really, for us that read or embrace the Urantia book is to grow the revelation quietly, just as the Salem missionaries uh, did when they were spreading monotheism throughout the world around 2000 B.C., following on the teachings of Melchizedek. And then, of course, that's where we find Abraham and the foundings of uh, Judaism. And these missionaries, these early Salem missionaries, inspiring and influencing all of the major religions that soon would emerge on down to the times of the appearance of Jesus himself. So, you know, the work was slow, but it was sure. And it was the work of Machaventa Melchizedek, the sage of Salem, who was an emergency son from the Arantia book, we know this, who rescued the truth of God from being extinguished to keep the light burning in the hearts and minds of men and to prepare the way for the Son of Man. And in the same way, our work in spreading the new revelation will be probably just as slow and tedious, but it will also be just as effective. Most of us will never see the fruits of our labor play out in the lives of millions of people who are touched by this revelation, and most of us who study this revelation will probably never see, or will never see mainstream acceptance of the book that's not going to happen until spiritually and intellectually people are prepared uh, to accept the premise of this revelation's message. And what is that premise? It's that we are part of a much larger 
and greater reality beyond our brief mortal life in the flesh. Isn't that what the Arantia book is really all about? Isn't that really what it expounds upon? The great truth that we are ascending children of the Most High God. That was the message that Jesus taught. Uh, That is the great message that all of the great religions have taught. But I want to take a step back because, again, are we ready for new truth? And what happens if we're not? Now, China is actually the future of the world as a dominant form of government unless there is a spiritual revival or else some revelation, maybe even something like the Arantia book itself, that will create a pushback to what I call the emerging nihilistic ideology that is now spreading in Asia, where one is reduced to a netizen who is required to give total submission and loyalty to the state and who is controlled through technology to do so. This is the emerging ideology that is emerging in China, which is 1.4 billion people. They're actually exporting technology to other despots around the world that allow them to monitor and manipulate their masses. This is one great dominant ideology that is emerging today. Now, I often wonder, is it possible that the Urantia Revelators knew this was coming? Think about that for a moment, because at the time that the book was appearing in 3536 and then through the the, uh, the review till 1942 when it was finally plated, what was emerging in, in the time was communism. And the four, two forerunners of communism were, of course, the Russians or the Soviets and then, of course, China. So it's not beyond me that it was an opportune time to be sure for the Urantia Revelation to be here, but also it coincided with the emerging of an ideology that is inherently anti-God. So China, yes, is a living model of what it looks like to live in spiritual darkness. Just this month, the ruling party of China, the Chinese Communist Party, ruled that all religions must enforce the state's central ideology or they will not be allowed to exist. All religious ceremonies will need to be approved by the government. In a society that is fast becoming 100% monitored, there will be no dissenters. This ideology should send a shockwave to every human being who can hear my voice or who reads about it in the news, but guess what? It does not. And there are even some people in this country, leaders, who advocate for this kind of communist system. Secular progressives also want God out of humanity altogether. They deem religion moot in the age of science. They see no value in religious heritage or its contributions to human knowledge or even culture. And these are the very people that are teaching in our educational centers across the country. These are the very people that have such great influence through media. More and more nations are beginning to adopt policies that don't allow for religious expression. Once people in free countries give up on faith and religion, and its valuable contributions to society, the desire to push back against secularism becomes lessened. We don't care. From the West, there is little, if any, outrage to the slaughter of thousands of Christians every month worldwide. We've talked about this on previous episodes. We don't care because secularism marginalizes religion. 
ignores it without regard. We become desensitized to religious oppression. America only represents 5% of the world's population, yet our influence is great. Perhaps this is why the Arantia book ended up in America first. And because our country uniquely allows for religious pluralism, because its liberties are premised on the very teachings of Jesus himself, as well as the great truths going all the way back to Greece and Rome, America, the United States remains the sole country that promotes by law the exercise of individual free will. And I think this is what makes America in the 21st century a unique place to be, especially when you consider the other secular forces that exist. I'm not trying to be political, folks, but we're here. You're here. All of this is happening because America is the free country that promotes liberty and free will. And I think ultimately those are spiritual values. And they play into the future because despite the U.S. being the shining beacon on the hill, today's Christianity almost seems powerless to fight back against the secularist tyranny that is on the rise. In the Middle East and Africa, religious minorities, mostly Christians, are being slaughtered. In China, Myanmar, Sri Lanka, Indonesia, elsewhere, religious freedom strictly curtailed. In the West, religion actually faces a different and more subtle enemy. Do you know what that is? It's atheism. Atheism is cleverly disguised in the West as materialism. It's the belief that the physical reality is the only reality that exists, that there is no spiritual process or plan behind any of life other than what we make of it. It's uh, the Big Bang science philosophy that has replaced deism. And deism, of course, is the belief in a spiritual power or force for all good, true and holy. Religion is now portrayed in the West as bigoted, oppressive, part of a patriarchy that is both racist and sexist, religious instruction disallowed in public schools, in media, religion is ignored on television and in movies. Meanwhile, hero worship is extended to many celebrities who are themselves proud secularists who give glory to themselves. In the West, great emphasis is put on material pursuits. So as the Arantia book states, while the atheist denies the reality of the existence of God, secularism simply ignores him. But what happens when a planet whose very existence was planned by God and his sons denies deity? What happens to a people who forget eternal realities, forget the language of faith, And all the great truths we learn from Scripture, from the other great religious books, including the Arantia book. What happens when our very language is unable to find expressions for words like God, the soul, spiritual living? Because there's no context to what those words mean anymore. Our modern culture has sought to eliminate the classics from our academia, our classic thinking. Authors who long sought for the truth, but who were now we're being ignored in this neo-modernist age where the only thing that matters is now. How can a world progress towards peace and spiritual unity when the very word God has little value? What happens to a people when they turn their backs on the idea of eternal life or even of eternal values? When the very notion of God is seen as silly and altogether unreasonable? Well, the answer is, we already know. Look around. 
In order for truth to spread, truth must be desired, truth must be wished for. And only an enlightened people can embrace ideas of free will and self-determination and not be self-destructive. So when you see more self-destructive behavior, what you're seeing is an absence of God. As your Angel Book readers, our goal is simple. We've got to keep the light of truth burning, just as did the Salem missionaries, just as the early disciples of Jesus, just like the early beginnings of the Christian church. But there was also a long period of darkness that followed right after Jesus' truths were proclaimed to the world. Your Angel writers pondered Specifically, what would have happened had Rome embraced Christianity sooner? Would it have survived? We have to accept that we may be entering a dark age of atheism and humanism where powerful governments are now taking the place of the church, the place of even God. Only when, when people have grown weary and we've seen the worst of materialism are we going to be willing to search for the truth. Only when man is fully disgusted with his own hubris will be willing to seek for a better way. And that, my friend, is as it's always been. So food for thought this time up. Are we hungry for the truth? This time up, we'll see you next time. Don't forget to check us out online, yourantraradio.net. We'd like to hear from you, and we appreciate you joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you.